audio is from Deering Christian Church. Join us Sunday mornings at either 9 or 10.30 a.m. Today, as we start in this, there's going to be a title for this. It'd be called this. It'd be Right Place, Right Time. Anybody ever heard that before? Right Place, Right Time? Anybody ever been in the right place, right time? I'd probably put my hand down because it doesn't happen to me very much, you know. But that's always that guy that's got the 69 Camaro, the good one. And he's like, yeah, man, I bought it for eight grand. Isn't it awesome? I'm like, yeah, that stuff don't happen to me, you know. I don't even have eight grand to spend on an awesome car like that. But that wouldn't happen to me anyways, you know. But you know the kind of scenarios where you're talking to someone and you're like, yeah, 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 man. It's a stellar deal. This is what happened. I'm just in the right place at the right time. like... Man, I like the right place at the right time. I really, I really do, right? We all like the right place at the right time. Keep that in mind as we start to work through here. I'm going to tell you, we're going to get a little heavy today, okay? I'm going to be reading out of the NIV. I got my, I got my, my, my scripture right here on my, uh, on my, on my tablet. Uh, they're going to put some of it up uh, behind me. But uh, if you have a Bible, open it up. It's always best to uh, be looking at it yourselves, okay, and not just take anybody's word for it. So... Uh, let me pray, and let's get into it. Uh, Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for what you're doing in our lives, God. We thank you that uh, you're God of new beginnings. Um, we thank you that you're a God of restoration, God, that uh, you see us in our, in our brokenness, God. You provide a way back to you through your son, Jesus, the Christ. Uh, I pray this morning as we lean into this, uh, we look at this uh, chunk of uh, scripture together, God. And we look at a topic like holiness that uh, we might leave here with a new outlook, a better understanding, and a new approach to how we see holiness, how we, how we deal with holiness, and our pursuit of you. I, I pray this morning that if anybody is looking for that encouragement, your Holy Spirit, just do what it does in them and with them, God, including myself, that uh, you get me out of the way. I pray that if there's anyone that's never yet taken a hold of the hope that uh, is found through you and through your Son, through repentance and baptism. God, I pray this morning might be that time and that uh, you would convict their hearts with your Holy Spirit right now. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. First piece of scripture we're going to look at, and we're going to talk about King David. That's where we're going to start, but we're going to talk about something at the end of his life. So King David, end of his life, he's been diligently living for the Lord. King David, the man that scripture says, a man after God's own heart. Those are things that scripture says, this is, this is about King David. This is about him. So some of the things about King David is, well, <clears throat> he seemed to have some favor with the Lord, right? He, he, he was king of the Israelites. He led them. And, man, they just, they, he, was, he, was a, he was a warlord for, for the Lord. That's who he was. That's who he was. He, their, their armies were unbeatable. Everywhere they went, they just seemed to, they seemed to have this favor with the Lord as, as the Lord used him. As he had set him aside for that, and wherever they went, um, man, it was, just, it was just good stuff. It was just good stuff. And so later in his life, you know, as, as a lot of times happens, he's getting get a little sentimental in his old ages, okay? He's getting to that spot. He's starting to be, you know, a little sentimental. He's thinking back. And uh, First Chronicles uh, 28 one through, one through two, it says, uh, I'm going to start at verse two. It says, King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. I had it in my heart to build a house, a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for a footstool of our God, and, and I made plans to build it. But check this out, what happens. Is if you're, if you're reading along in, in uh, your Bible yourself, you're going to see that, that God said back to him that you're a warrior with blood on your hands. 
you're a warrior with blood on your hands. It's an interesting place for us to start today if we're looking for this new, this new outlook, this new perspective. The topic we're going to be looking at is holiness. So why would we start in a place like this? Why would we start in a place like that? Now we know that the Lord had set David apart. Did the Lord set David apart to be a temple builder? We've talked about it briefly right now. Did he set him apart to be a temple builder? No, he didn't. He set him apart to be a king, to be a warrior, to be a conqueror. That's what the Lord set David apart to do. And now David's trying to be a temple builder in his old age. And the Lord said, no, no, I... I created you to be a warrior, to be a conqueror. And, you know, as you continue to read through uh, Chronicles there, you'll see that the, the Lord later is going to use Solomon and, and he's going to build a temple with him. But it's not for David right now. So why would we start in an area like this today? Well, holiness is the, is the topic we're going to be looking at. Holiness. Uh, being holy. I, I don't know for you, but for me, it just kind of has a little bit of a religious-y tone to it, you know? It's a little, little churchy. Holiness. Holy. It just has a little, and, and that holiness and holy, it, it sometimes has kept people in church, and it sometimes has kept people away from church. Well, they think they're better than, you know, whatever. You, you've heard all the different things with it, Right? And, and I, my hopes and prayers today that as we dive into some of this together, that the way that we think of holiness will be transformed. The way that we see holiness and the way that we pursue the Lord can be transformed. Leviticus 11, 44 through 45 says, I am the Lord your God, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. Boy, that's heavy, right? Be holy because I am holy. That's heavy. Do not, make for yourself, do not make yourselves unclean by any creature that moves along the ground. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy because I am holy. Be holy because I am holy. Now, sometimes we might hear stuff like that and we start diving in that. You're like, wow, wow, that's, that's, we're getting deep fast here. Like, okay, be holy because God is holy. That's, that's the call, right? Be holy because God is holy. Well, sometimes right in the middle of that, we can kind of get a little messed up. But first, I want to say this. I, I want to talk about holiness just for a moment and, and help kind of uh, define some of where, how we're going to approach this. Holiness is in our election, or maybe a better word that you might like better would be selection. Not in our action. So let me talk about that. So the Israelites, they were obviously God's chosen people. The Jews were obviously God's chosen people. Guess what? You're God's chosen people. God sent Jesus to die for anyone who would confess, repent, believe, and be baptized. Okay? That's you. You're God's chosen people. You're God's chosen people. Anybody got a crescent wrench? Nobody's got a crescent? I quit. 
That's it. Like, you got crescent wrenches, okay? Five of them. <laughs> Some of you probably got one in your pocket. You got one of those little mini crescents in your pocket, okay? You also got it on a key ring with some fingernail clippers. I've seen them. Um, here's the deal with crescent wrench, okay? You've used it as a hammer, and we both know it, and it was not intended for that, okay? You've also turned it around, and in a pinch, you used that thing as a pry bar. And it wasn't intended for that neither. But it makes a heck of a multi-tool, doesn't it? I got a small bathroom, okay? There's five of us. And the vanity's about this wide. And you can go to Walmart and you can buy a toothbrush. And those toothbrushes, they don't mean a whole lot when, they go to, when you go to Walmart and buy them, you know? I mean, I have my favorite ones that I'm after. But they don't mean a whole lot. And you bring them home in the package and you can take them out of the package, you flip over your phone, use it to, you know, scrub out the bottom where you got all the stuff in there. You can use it to clean the grout if that's what you want to do. Just bend that dude up and you can use it to do whatever you want to do with, okay? But once I choose my toothbrush, I take it out of the package, I'm setting that dude aside. It's my toothbrush for my mouth, okay? Like two and a half weeks ago, it was one of those days Everything, we're kind of just moving fast. <clears throat> Somehow this happened. I know, I know how this happened. Jen went to Walmart. She bought all these new toothbrushes because it's time for a toothbrush change, okay? I don't know if you just have those by just like, it's toothbrush change day that happens in your home, but every once in a while, Jen comes home and it's toothbrush change day, you know? And, but on this particular toothbrush change day, um, <clears throat> the one vanity that we all share that's about this big, and I'm trying to keep this true to size, had 10 toothbrushes on it. I don't know how it happened, but there's so many toothbrushes, there's toothbrushes everywhere, okay? And I just walked in, I grabbed one, and I started brushing my teeth. And Jen's not in here, so it's okay, right? She's not in here. Because I I love her, okay? And I kiss her, I do. But I'm brushing my teeth, and I'm looking in the mirror, and I'm just thinking about the day, I was like, man, I got Jen's toothbrush scrubbing my teeth, and it just feels dirty. It just, something is wrong. You know, and I know, like, I'm going to kiss her later, and it's not a big deal, but I'm, I just, I'm like, I just slow down and come to a stop and just rinse off and put it down and get my toothbrush, the one that I set aside for the responsibility and duty of cleaning my mouth, okay? And I started brushing my teeth. I was like, man, that's so much better. I feel like we're, everything's good now, you know? Because it's my toothbrush. And I chose to set that. I went, I, I, I went to Walmart, Jen went to Walmart for me, and I opened that toothbrush and I set that toothbrush aside for, for a particular task. Being set apart means God chooses us specifically for his glory. For his glory. Holiness equals being set apart. Equals being set apart. For a specific purpose by a specific person. Okay? You are set aside for a specific purpose by God. David had a purpose that he was set aside for. And he was trying to do something in his old age that he was not actually set aside for. God was like, no. He prayed about it, and God was like, no. That's not, what I, that's not what I set you aside for. I set you aside for this. 
that happens to all of us, okay? We can all find ourselves in that type of scenario where God has called us to something. And we're like, man, I'm kind of bored of doing that right now. I kind of want to do something else. God, how do you feel about this? 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may reclaim the excellences of him who called you out of darkness into marvelous light. See, our holiness is in our proclamation, not in our action, okay? So we're going we're gonna to chunk this up a little bit. Action's going to be over here. Proclamation's going to be over here. And we're going to continue to work on that for a moment this morning. So our holiness is in our proclamation, not in our actions. It's in who we've been set aside about, for or by, okay? Not in our action. Israel was God's chosen people. We are God's chosen people, okay? Anyone who believes, confesses, repents, and is baptized has taken a hold of that. And they have then become the elect, okay? They have become God's chosen people. Over here, sometimes in our pursuit of holiness, we go with the, the old school wisdom, you know, that's been handed down. And we're like, yeah, I just I want to live for the Lord. I want to do what's right over here, you know. I want to be, want to, want to, want to be a holy, holy guy, holy gal, you know. And we live by the, the old school golden rule, right? And you know what it is. It's, it's, it's don't smoke, don't drink, don't chew, and don't go with girls that do, right? And we keep the list and we're like, yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing all right, okay. I'm keeping the list over here. I'm doing all right. But that's all action. That's all action. And holiness is not, not we, we, we can't, there's this view of action that we can look through this lens where it's just, or this view of holiness that we can look through this lens and it's just this, it's, it's all about the action over here. But it's actually, it, it's possible that we focus on the action and not focus on the relationship, right? And when we start to do that, self-righteous stuff starts to come into the picture, because I'm holy because I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing the things. I'm, you know. And it starts to make people look at the church and look at us through that lens. David, the young shepherd boy, David, okay. David, the, uh, the killer of Goliath with the slingshot, David. David, the anointed and set apart to be king, uh, David. David, the one that scripture says is a man after God's own heart, that David, the one that everywhere he went seemed to be favored with God and victory, that David is who we're getting ready to talk about. Let's rewind earlier into David's life. Earlier into a time of his life where everything was like it was good. It was so good. Business was good. Life was good. Friendships was good. His armies were strong. His kingdom was strong. Things were good. You ever been there? You ever had a time in life where you're just like, man, it's just, the world is just good right now. Grass looks good. House looks good. Doing good financially. Everything is just good. And what do you do? You sit on the porch and drink tea. That's what you do. <laughs> like, it's good. It's good. And sometimes when we get in that spot, it's really easy to be, look at what I did. I deserve just to chill for a minute, right? 
probably one of the highest points in David's life as far as, man, things are just comfortable. Kingdom is good. Everything's in a good place. Second Samuel 11, 1 through 7 is where we're going to look. In the spring, at a time when kings go off to war, David sent Joab out with the king's men and the whole Israelite army, and they destroyed the Amorites and besieged Rahab. But David remained in Jerusalem. Okay, so the Lord set David aside to what? Be a king, a conqueror, and a warrior. And David is... I'm good, I'm going to set this one out. I'm going to let my crew show up. They'll take care of it. It's no big deal. He's in bed. He's watching Netflix and he's chilling. He's just hanging out. He's on the porch, drinking tea, taking it easy. Life is good. Life is good. I've worked hard. You guys got this. It's no big deal. It's all going to be okay. David's supposed to be in battle. That's what he was set aside to do, and David's in bed. That's where David's at. We started, about, we started talking in the beginning here about right, right place, right time. But now we're entering a different, a, a different space. Now we're entering the space of wrong place, wrong time. I don't know if you've ever been in the wrong place, wrong time, but here's the deal. We may never think we're going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time, but we are most definitely going to be in the wrong place at the wrong time someday. We're most definitely going to be there. And here's the deal. Satan has got a hold of the trap door. And he knows where we're vulnerable, okay? He knows that. He knows those weak spots. He knows when you're just relaxing and you're not, and you're not tied up against it, and you're not paying attention, and you're not, you don't got your head up living for the Lord, staying busy doing the things that he's, call, that he's called you to do, and you're just sitting down. You're sitting down on your duff, and you're like, man, life is good. I just chill, and you know, it's like, here's the reality. The world without Jesus is still going to hell, okay, church? And, and we have a responsibility that was commissioned by God that his people live out the Great Commission. That we busy ourselves with teaching, preaching, sharing the word, and baptizing the lost. We're called to be about the business. Now, where that fits in with each one of us is going to be different. And he's called you to a path. And for David, it was a warrior. And maybe for you, it's a school teacher or a construction worker. I don't know. Maybe it's a professor. Maybe it's a secretary. But he's called you to a path maybe it's a mom maybe it's a dad those things are both spiritual leaders right there wrong place wrong time verse 2 one evening Dave got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace from the roof he saw a woman bathing the woman was very beautiful and David sent someone to find her to find out about her the man said she is Bathsheba the daughter of Elamah and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her. She came to him, and, she, and he slept with her. Then she went back home, verse 5. The woman conceived and sent word to David, saying, I am pregnant. 
I'm pregnant. Boy, isn't it crazy what just a few moments can do? You know what I'm saying? Just a few moments. Isn't it crazy the dilemma, the turmoil, the drama that can be had in just a few moments? In just a few texts that are sent? Okay? And just a little bit of downtime with the, uh, with the, with the phone or the tablet? Isn't it, isn't it crazy? Just the casual lunch with a, with a work partner of the opposite sex? Like, we're just, like, this is just lunch. Isn't it crazy how, ju- how, how in those things, just a few moments can change so much? You see, David found himself on a roof in the wrong place at the wrong time. He shouldn't have been there. He should have been out warring. That's where he should have been. Being obedient to what the Lord has called him to because he's living in a relationship with the Lord and he knew what the Lord called him to do. He's like, man, I got it all in check. I got it all in check. I'm, I'm keeping the list. Man, it's good. I'm just gonna sit down and just be. I'm just gonna sit down and just be. It's all good. They don't even need me out there. Man, he made a mess. That's what he did. He made a mess. He sinned against God. He sinned against Bathsheba. He sinned against her husband. He made a mess. That's what he did. And now she's pregnant. And since this is about sexual sin, we're just going to keep it all about sexual sin. If that's not where you're at today, then you deal with what you need to deal with today. So what's he do? Man, it's crazy. It is crazy the links that we will go to to cover up some sin in our lives, isn't it? Yes. You watch 60 Seconds? Not gone in 60 Seconds, but the 60 Seconds news deals, you know? 2020, 48 hours, you watch any of that stuff? Whoa. I'm sure there's somebody that's been on episodes there that was like, I will never, I would never I'm sure King David was like, I will never, I would never. A man after God's own heart? I would never. I mean, let's just, I mean, we see, we see his plan right here. Here's his cover-up plan, plan A. Welcome home, buddy. He butters him up, verse six. So David sent word, sent this word to Joab, send me Uriah the Hittite. And Joab sent him to David. When Uriah came in, David asked him, how Joab was, uh, how the soldiers were, how's the war going, buddy? How's things going, you know? Come on, come on home, how's things going? And David said to Uriah, go down to your house and wash your feet. So Uriah left the place, left the palace, and a gift from the king was sent after him. But Uriah slept at the entrance to the palace with all his master's servants and did not go down to the house. David was told Uriah did not go home. So he asked Uriah, haven't you come from a military campaign? Why don't you go home? Uriah said to David, the ark of Israel, I mean, who's seeking holiness in all this anyways, right? That's what I'm, but the ark of Israel, the ark and Israel and Judah are staying in the tents and my commander Joab and my Lord's men are camped in the open country. How could I go to my house and eat and drink and make love to my wife as surely as you live? I will not do such a thing. 
bringing him home, buttering him up. Man, how's the war going? How's things going? You know, kind of drawing in close to him. I mean, you know your own sneaky plans when it comes to covering up some sin in your life, okay? We're just getting a snapshot into David's life for a second. Oh, how's it going, hon? How you doing? Is it a good day? You know, I don't know. Put yourself, put your own thoughts. Put the things that you've seen into this. That was his plan first. It didn't work. It didn't work. Plan two. Plan B. Verse 12, then David sent, uh, said to him, stay, stay here one more day, and tomorrow I will send you back. So Uriah remained in Jerusalem that day and the next. And David's invitation, at David's invitation, he ate and drank with him. And then check this out. David, David got him drunk. I'm going to get him drunk. We're going to party together a little bit. I'm going to get him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his mat among his master's servants. He didn't go home. He didn't go home. Maybe if I, maybe if I just party with him a little bit, get him a little loose, get him distracted from the scenario. Maybe we, we try to do that with ourselves sometimes in dealing with, dealing with stuff, Right? Didn't work. Plan C. This is an episode of 48 Hours here. In the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab and sent it to Uriah. Man, he sent the letter with him. That's crazy. He sent the letter with him. In it he wrote, put Uriah out in front where the fighting is fiercest. Then withdraw from him so, we will be struck, so he will be struck down and die. So while Joab and the city under siege, he put Uriah at a place where he knew the strongest defenders were. When the men of the city came out and fought against Joab, some of the men in David's army fell. Moreover, Uriah the Hittite died. David had a guy killed. That's what happened. He had the guy killed because he slept with his wife and he didn't want anybody else to know it. Because he got her pregnant. Some time had passed, and it seemed like it seemed like David had kind of gotten off with it, like no one was really saying anything. Verse twenty-six, if you're following along, says, "When Uriah's wife heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. And after a time of mourning was over, David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But the thing David had done—and boy, this is heavy—but the thing David had done had disappointed the Lord." It had disappointed the Lord. David was a man after God's own heart. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where you found yourself knowing that my actions have disappointed the Lord. Knowing it. But I'm betting for a lot of us, there, there, are, there are times and situations where we, we know that. And we think back to seasons and we know that about that season. We know it. And if that's not you, then listen, because there's a whole lot to take into uh, practicality for future living here. David had to be dying inside. He had to be. He had to be. I mean, think about, think about your, your own self. He had to just be absolutely dying inside. As a matter of fact, we, we know he was. And we know that because he kept a journal, and we also got that in our Bible. It's the book of Psalms. Psalm 51, 
he's dealing with this situation. He's dealing with this situation, and we can go read his words and thoughts. So Psalm 51, I'm just going to read maybe the first 10 verses or so. But this whole piece right here, he's dealing with the sin with Bathsheba. It says, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin, for I know my, trans- my transgressions, I know, and, and my sin is always before me against you, uh, you only have I sinned, and I have done what is evil in your sight. You are so right in your verdict and, and justified when you judge, surely I was a sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, yet you Desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hypus and, and, I will cl- uh, and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Uh, let, let me hear joy and gladness. Let the, bones you have, uh, let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sin and blot out my iniquity. Verse 10 You've probably heard this before. You've probably heard this before. It says, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. I don't know if you've ever come to a place where there was nothing else to do except for to cry out to the Lord. Just cry out to the Lord. God, I am wrong, and I have not been I have not been walking in a relationship with you. I have been living for myself. And when a moment approached itself of being in the wrong place at the wrong time, I did it. And I've made a mess. And God, I'm, I'm crying out, restore me. And that's where he's at. That's where he's at. But when we don't deal with that, we continue to walk into places like this and look at each other in the face with with fronts up. We to continue to live our lives and our, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ are, hey, are you doing okay? You okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just, you just don't seem okay. And those opportunities of where we can deal with it and not just continue to hide it, are right there in front of us, but we just continue to plan A, plan B, plan A, plan B. This is tough, but this is, this is the truth. Every single one of us will be in the wrong place at the wrong time, sometime. Every single one of us will be. We will be. There can be sinful chapters in our lives. And if that's you and you know, you, you wish it wasn't there. I wish it wasn't there. Right? Like we can think back and we know. Like you know what we're doing. We know what we're talking about right here. Sometimes it can be as, as simple though as I can't really sleep. I'm just going to go in the other room and you grab your phone. Right? Now, parents, here's the deal. 
I'm not going to bash on technology. I'm not going to be weird about any of it. But a lot of but what we're talking about in the text today is sexual sin. That's what we're talking about. And we know, okay, for our young men and and us adult men, and I, I'm not I'm not going to just pick on men here, okay? Because gals, you're you're aware too that in our phones we have access to all the pornography of the world, okay? And it's that it's that easy. It's that easy. And we know if we're keeping ourselves in a position to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. If we're just keeping that door open for that opportunity. And I'm not really going to try to, okay, yeah. And a lot of us guys, that's, that's, that's a real struggle and you know it. And I want you to be thinking about the, the young men in the room that we're fathering and looking over and the help they need by us pursuing holiness in that area of our life, okay? Because they, they need to see us pursue holiness and be honest in that part of our life. Our young women are being prodded at more than ever just just send me the just send me the picture just send me the video real quick you know and as soon as they do they're in a scenario where they're held hostage with that deal and we didn't really grow up like that okay those of you that are my age and we're old okay but we got that same technology and we know how easy it is to get involved in some text conversations that shouldn't be going on And for some reason, I just like it when I hear from that guy's wife and I always text her back quickly. And that's just leaving that spot and that doorway open. Well, I would never, yeah, but wrong place, wrong time? Would you? Because if you would never, then don't even mess with the whole thing at all. Just leave it alone. Because that's what, that's what, I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. I'm not going to just be sitting over here, not doing and living the life that God has called me to. I'm going to be in the right place at the right time. Pursuing the Lord. That's where I'm going to be. We've got to know when we're most vulnerable. We have to know that. We have to know where we're most, and most of us know where we're most vulnerable. This is the thing, Satan, Satan doesn't play fair, okay? So stop, stop thinking that we're going to get in the boxing ring, okay? And we're going to have a good, okay, it's a good clean fight, get in here. Listen, he's going to hit you in the back of the head as soon as you get ready to sit down in the stool after the buzzers went off. That's when you're going to get hit because that's when you're vulnerable. He don't care about the clean fight. And that's the area of life that we have got to pay attention to. The one where, hey, we're really, man, life is good. We're just going to, got the promotion, got the, got the whatever, you know. We're doing real good. We're going to relax in life. When God has called us to be about his business, right? And his business is to seek and save the lost. 
That's his business. I mean, Scripture is very, very clear about that. Jesus, 12 in the temple, what was he doing? Why are you looking for me? I'm by my father's business. What was his business? He can save the lost. He's in there preaching to some Pharisees. They was lost. Man, it happens easy. It happens easy. Lose that temper, lust. I mean, so check this out. David disrobed Bathsheba. Adam accepted the fruit. Abraham lied about Sarah. Jacob, he was a pathological liar, okay? That's what Jacob was. Samson was blinded by a deceitful woman. Moses lost his anger and killed a man. Peter denied he even knew Jesus. Noah was drunk and naked in his tent. And Lot slept with his own daughter. That's dark. All of it's dark. And our worst nightmares happen when we willingly put ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. For our families, for our marriages, for our kids. And we put ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. I would never, I would never think quit. Quit. Get your focus set on the Lord. And being obedient to whatever it is he's calling you. Calling in your life. And get busy doing it. And don't be sitting on your duff. Pursue the Lord. 1 Peter 5.8 Be alert and be of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. That's what Peter said about this. That's what Peter said about this. You've got to understand that the enemy is there. That the enemy is watching. Okay? That the enemy is not just after people who are... Who, are, who, who have not confessed and are not believers. You've got a target on you, okay? All right, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say this. Just gonna say this, and uh, we're, gonna, we're gonna work our way to communion and, and to gratefulness and a position of thankfulness for what Jesus has done, is continuing to do, and has promised to do. If you think, and if I think that we can continually think about the wrong things, that we can continually think about those wrong things and never act on them, we're fools. We're fools. If that's where we continue to keep our minds and we continue to think through, that, through those types of scenarios and those types of things, well, she's kind of hot. Like, yeah, she kind of noticed me today, you know? Kind of like it when she texts me. I heard this deal one time. They said sometimes it starts in the work environment when you brush against somebody and you just kind of like it. You know what I mean? You just kind of liked it. Huh, I didn't mind being that close to them today. Doors open. Why, I would never. Wrong place, wrong time. That's how it worked for David. Wrong place, wrong time will happen. It will happen. The scenario is going to be there. 
It'll be when you're vulnerable, and it'll be when, you, when you're not, when you're not. I can't, but here's the thing. When it comes to sexual sin, I can't think of a, uh, I can't really think of a scenario that was a complete accident. Can you? Like, I can't really, I can't get there. I can't think of one where it's like, well, you know, I just, no, you, you went in the house and you knew there was nobody else there. No, you got in the car and you knew, like, you're married, she's married. No, you responded. You entertained it. Well, she, well he, he just texted me that way first and so, no, 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 you entertained it. Now, you took your phone in the bathroom. You knew what you were doing. Okay, you know what I'm saying? Like I can't, I can't get there to be like, well, it's just. It's tough. It's heavy. I told you it's gonna be a little. He- it's gonna be a little heavy today. Okay. All right. It's the wrong place, wrong time. What do we do? What do we do? Well, we, we, we can learn some things for it. Here's the first thing. Confess quickly and don't cover it up. Confess quickly and don't cover it up. Don't cover it up. All right, so real quick here. Um, you got a phone? We're pursuing holiness, right? We're pursuing holiness? All right, so real quick, just take out your phone. Don't act like you ain't got no phones on you, okay? Everybody's like, yeah, take out your phone. All right, just slide it unlocked. Hand it to the person beside you and let them look at your history. And for some people in the room, it's not a big deal. And for some people in the room, like, uh... Uh, I don't, that's a little uncomfortable. But are we, are we, are we striving for holiness? Are we striving for holiness or not? Man, that's, that's our prayer. As a church, as individuals, as men and women, as youngins pursuing the Lord, that our, that, that we're pursuing holiness. That we're pursuing holiness. All right, so here's the takeaway for today. This is pretty heavy. This is pretty heavy. Um, your past doesn't have to determine your future. And that's some good news, right? Yes, that's a very good news. Our past doesn't have to determine our future. So even though there might have been those seasons, okay, there might have been something, there might even be a thing right now, it doesn't have to determine our future. Our future is found through Jesus. If we, if we believe, confess, repent, and are baptized, and we continue to live in that, our future is found in him. Like something happens when, when we get in the baptistry, he sets us apart and makes us holy. And that's where it all starts. He sets us apart. Like I set the toothbrush apart, God sets us apart. He picks us, he purposes us, and he makes us holy. When we get over here on this side in the actions and we just try to live through some sort of religious actions, we're trying to make ourselves holy. 
And that's where the self-righteous attitude comes. But when we're trying to pursue a relationship with Jesus, and we're just pursuing him daily, and we're just trying to be obedient to whatever it is he's, he's calling us to, whatever it is we're seeing in our word, we're just, we're just applying it out of obedient love, and it's all, it's all around that. Let me say it like this. If you're a parent in the room, have you tried to have a lot of rules and no relationship before? Some of you grew up in homes where there was a lot of rules and no relationship. And it causes rebellion almost every time. And so if we're, if we're trying to follow a lot of rules with no relationship, it's going to cause spiritual rebellion. We got to, but when we're focused on the relationship, man, the rules, we just, like, yeah, I don't even have a problem with that. Like, I love the Lord. Like, I'm, man, I'm just trying to do and stay busy doing what, what God has called me to. What God is challenging me with, the areas of my life that I need to grow, I'm, I'm confessing my sin to him, I'm repenting, I'm, I'm being obedient and on the job where, where I'm at. Yeah, I don't even have any problem with that over there. Like, that's just, that's a no-brainer. Like, yeah, I love the Lord, man. That stuff's just, it's just good, you know? And it just changes it. 